Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 541. Today we're going to take a look at Arkham Horror the Card Game. This is a new release from Fantasy Flight, and it is pretty much what it says. It's Arkham Horror, but in card game form. Uh, more specifically, it's in LCG form. So you can pick up this base set. You can play one to two players. There's three scenarios in here with, I think, five different characters that you can kind of run through them. And then there will be kind of mini expansion installments, uh, usually month by month is how they run these things. And what that's going to do is actually extend the campaign campaign, which is those three scenarios which I talked about, those kind of begin a campaign and then you can get kind of these installments or these data packs is what they call them in Netrunner, but these small packs to continue that campaign and then that will end at some point after a few of those and they might be, will issue a, a deluxe expansion that's about this size and then kind of reboot a new campaign from there. So that's kind of what the game is and what it's about. Let's take a look at how it works and then I will tell you what I think of it. Okay, here's everything you get in the box, except for that bag, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, there's kind of a scattering of cards here. I sort of apologize, but I want to show you everything that you get in the game. Uh, the main thing that you're going to first look at here, of course, is the rule books. So you have a learn to play guide. This is very easy. Uh, get in, start playing the game. You can just read this and start playing immediately. And then there's also a rules reference. So any kind of clarifications that you might need, think of this as a very beefy kind of FAQ. Uh, and you will actually refer to this, I would expect, uh, even in your very first game, but the information is all there, readily accessible. Now, probably the most interesting part is this little campaign guide. And as I said in the intro, there are three kind of scenarios that you can work through, and you can work through them as a campaign. And this is going to give you a variety of information, and the Learn to Play guide is going to kind of walk you through kind of how to read this uh, from the beginning. So the first thing you're going to do is figure out the difficulty here. You can see easy, standard, hard, etc. And you can see a bunch of numbers and little icons and things. And what that is telling you is to seed some bag or cup with a certain configuration of these tokens here. And these are tokens that you're going to be drawing when you resolve different encounters and checks and things. This is going to modify uh, your ability skill, so to speak, against the target. So if I had an ability of, let's say, three strength, and I needed three strength to beat whatever monster or something like that, and I pulled this zero, no big deal, because it modifies it by zero. Or if I had to pull this negative one when we went to resolve it, then that wouldn't be good because then it would lower my uh, number and then I wouldn't achieve the score of three that I needed. Or even worse, if I pulled a minus three sometimes. So the difficulty is going to configure what's in a bag or cup, whatever you might use. So that's the first thing that you're going to set up there. Now the next thing the campaign guide is going to tell you is to gather a certain amount of cards and add this into like the encounter deck. So you can see it has these different symbols here. And you can see the main symbol there was that torch. And the first scenario that you would go through is the gathering. You can see that icon there with the torch. And there's a bunch of different other icons that you're gonna do. So you're gonna build this deck of bad things, monsters and treacheries and events and things that are gonna happen. And you're gonna look at the campaign guide and it's gonna tell you to put all of the cards with that symbol in there or that symbol there. So you're going to go ahead and create this deck like so, and this is what you're going to be flipping from uh, round by round. Now the other thing to note here about your setup is it's going to tell you kind of which locations to put into play. You can see here we're going to start at the study, and actually it's on the wrong side. You're actually going to put in locations like this, undiscovered, which you can tell by the little keyhole there. Well, the very first thing you do in the first scenario is you put your characters, in this case I'm going to put these two characters here, and whenever a character 
arrives at a location or maybe through some other effects, uh, these are going to be automatically flipped to discovered. So the first thing you do in the game is flip that over. And you can see the location here has a the darkness number, a shroud number, and this is going to be the number you have to achieve when you investigate this location. So in this case, uh, you're in the study, and I won't read you any of the flavor text, but there's flavor text of like why you're in the study and so on. The campaign guide is going to set up all of that, and it's going to have resolutions because as you resolve, uh, you know, the different scenarios, you can resolve them in a few different ways, and it's going to have a little bit of flavor text, a little bit of a paragraph that you might read, and it'll tell you how, like, how much experience you get and what happens and so on. But I won't spoil any of that. And then this is going to tell you how many clue tokens to put on here. You can see there's a mess of tokens over here, and this says two clue tokens per player. That's what that little head means. So we're going to go ahead and let's say we're playing a two-player game. We'll put four tokens on here, and these are clue tokens like that, and we're trying to pull those off of there uh, for different purposes, and I'll explain that as we walk through. A couple other things to note here about the setup. Uh, you can see here we're doing the gathering, and this is on easy slash standard, so we pick, say we pick standard, we would have it on this side. If we chose the harder difficulties, we would flip it on this side. And what this information is telling us is what these special icons mean when we grab them out of the bag, because again, it's not all numbers. You might sometimes grab uh, this little shrouded figure there, and it's going to be a different effect depending on what difficulty level you're playing with. Now the other thing you might grab out of here, let me see if I can dig one up, is this special token here, and that means you automatically are going to fail whatever check you had, it's just an instant fail. And then sometimes you may grab this Elder Sign token here, and this is going to trigger a special ability off of your character here. So if you're playing Roland Banks, then whatever effect you're trying to do, it's plus one for each clue token on the location where you're currently at. So that's gonna vary uh, character by character. And so if we can take a look here at the characters real quickly, it shows their physical health, their mental health. Obviously, if you reduce these down to zero, and there's little tokens here to track that, similar to Arkham Horror, Elder Chor with the little hearts and brains. And so if you get those down to zero, then you're gonna be defeated. Uh, the other thing about on the character side, before I forget, it shows you the deck size and the deck building options and so on. I'll explain more of that in a minute. And then it has their stats for doing a different check. So if you're doing a fight check, more often than not, you're going to use this stat. So you already have four that you're contributing to it. Now you can play cards to sort of beef that up. Or if you're doing an investigation, for example, you would use uh, your little lore check here. And that starts off at a three for Roland here. And you can see Wendy here has a little bit... Uh, higher and lower different uh, special abilities, and she of course has a different special ability there as well. Now each scenario, in addition to the locations of that scenario, is going to have an act deck and an agenda deck. And you want to move through the act deck, and you can see there, you see it has two clue tokens per player. And so as soon as collectively within the group, uh, we have two clue tokens per player that have been discovered and investigated, you're going to flip this over, resolve it, and then move on to the next step in the act. On the counter side of that, you have here the agenda card, and you can see here there's a little bit of flavor text. Now every round, uh, you're going to put on here a doom token, which is the opposite whoops, of this clue token there. So you're going to put a doom token on this, and whenever you get a 
certain number of doom tokens on there, that's going to flip and then something bad is probably going to happen. So this acts as kind of a timer. And then you can also, you can see as you get lower and lower and worse and worse, the effects are going to get more bad. You may eventually just lose the game. So your goal is to get to the deck on the left before the deck on the right runs out or you get defeated and so on. Now the last thing you're going to do at setup, of course, is put your little character cards here. Uh, there's two sides of these. So after you've done taking your turn, you'll flip it over to show that you've activated and taken all three of your actions per uh, your turn and then you can take turns in any order that you wish now each player is going to be given a little player aid on a card here it shows you the round sequence as well as the available actions that you can do on your turn so the first thing that you're going to do every round except the first round is to do the mythos phase that's when we would put a new a doom token onto the agenda deck and then flip up a card from the threat deck over here and then you would resolve maybe the effect or engage with maybe a particular monster or something like that. So that's gonna happen. And then the investigators will take their turn. They'll do three actions. The enemies then will possibly attack the players and then you do some upkeep uh, where you get new cards and new resources and things like that. So to start the game, you're actually gonna start off with five of these resource tokens and you're gonna start off uh, with five cards off the top of your deck and this is gonna make up your hand. Now, the couple things to note about the cards in your deck. You have these different costs here in the upper left. This is the amount of resource tokens that some of these things are going to require. Now, some of these are going to be events, so I can pay two resource, resource tokens and then use whatever the effect is, or I might actually get it out into play. So I might have a beat cop on my team and I put four assets to get them out. And then now I have a special ability and this guy will be out here kind of in display there. And now this has maybe an action that I can use. It'll give me a buff to a certain stat or something like that. So let's just kind of walk down all the possible actions that you can do on a turn. Well, for one of your actions, you can draw a new card. Awesome. Another action you can do is actually take a resource here from the general supply and put it into your supply. The next thing you can do is actually pay the cost and play a card as I showed you before. Now you might also, for an action, use the effect of a card. So let's say I had taken one action, paid three resources to put the Book of Lore out here. Then for another action, I could go ahead and trigger it based on that symbol there, Exhaust Book of Lore. Choose an investigator at your location, then investigator searches the top three cards of his or her deck, and then shuffles, draws one and then shuffles the remaining cards into the deck. So I could do that. Now the next thing I do is I could actually move from one location to another. Now in this first scenario, not all the locations start out in play, but at some point you may or may not get these extra locations out here. And so what you're gonna notice here, I'm just gonna show the seller. Now the seller has a little icon here, which is a plus symbol. And it has a little possibly row of icons down here with the uh, star symbol there. And so if the characters here were in the hallway, you can see that's got a, a red square there. And it also has down here a plus symbol. So what this is showing you, this is the type of location. This is kind of a, an identifier, an icon for the hallway. So the hallway in this particular scenario is considered you know, the red square. So you can move to any location that has these icons here for your move action. So if Roland was over here and he was in the hallway and you can see, okay, I can move from here to the red plus, well, there's the red plus there. So I can move over here and that would be one action. And then you can see that, oh, I can move back here because I can go to the red square and so on. So you can move back to any lo legal location like so for an action. Now, the other thing you're gonna want to do a lot of is actually do an investigation. This is where you're trying to get the clue tokens 
off of a location. You can see here is the target number that you need of two. And if we take a look back here at Roland, you can see he has an investigation or lore value there of three. And so I could go for that. I could say, okay, I've got three to two. And then when I go to resolve any of these kind of tests, I go through here and I'm gonna grab a, let's say I grabbed a random token, there's a plus one. That worked out well for me because it's now four to two. But let's say I had grabbed, let me grab a bad one. Here, the minus four. That's no good, I would have failed. So to prevent that, you can discard cards here with the matching icon that you're using to test. So if I wanted to kind of be extra sure here, I've got three to two. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and discard this one. Whoops. And I'm gonna actually add that one to there. So I'm gonna add now four to two. And I can do as many cards as that as I want. Any other investigator here, in this case, Wendy, that player can discard one card with that icon to help me boost the skill. So you kind of do a little bit of a preventative, you know, how much do I want to push my luck? You know, do I know which uh, of these discs are in the bag based on the difficulty level? Now, when you pull these discs, they go right back into the bag. So it's just a random seed. You don't really get to like, you know, card count as they come out or anything. So that was how you would do that. And then if you succeed in that case, then you'll go ahead and take this clue token and then you put it on your card here. And again, you're trying to gather enough clue tokens to unlock kind of the next step in the act deck. Now there's a couple other icons to mention here. So if we look back at the beat cop, if we played him for a cost of four, we had him out. You can see we actually now have plus one on our strength. So when we do a fight, which I'm getting to, then you automatically have plus one to that stat. Now you can also see it's got this weird little kind of squiggly lightning bolt, which says discard beat cop, deal one damage to an enemy at your location. Well, when you do an ability with this icon here, or sometimes you'll see this kind of icon on there, it won't actually cost you one of your three actions, but it's sort of like a free action uh, that you can do on your turn. Now, sometimes if we zoom out a little bit here, you're going to be engaged with enemies. You're gonna flip up at the beginning of the turn. In addition to adding car or tokens to the doom track, you're gonna flip cards off this deck. You might get a treachery, you kind of do what it says. I like this one, I'll add extra doom to the track. You might also get an enemy that you're going to engage with. So one of your actions on your turn is going to be to engage with that enemy. And you can either try to uh, fight it or try to evade it. Now, if you successfully evade it, you're gonna sort of tap it and then you'll be able to kind of do what you want after that. If you fight it, then you'll, you'll fight against it and you'll try to do damage and kill it. Now, however, while you are engaged with an enemy, if you do any of these other actions on here that is not a fight or an engage or an evade, then this enemy is going to get a free attack on you. Now, it's going to attack you at the end of the turn anyway, uh, but if you do any of these other actions, it's going to get kind of an attack of opportunity, it's called. So you want to be very careful about that. You might want to try to invade it first and then do whatever actions you're trying to do or maybe run away, you know, and move to a different location. Now, some of these um, enemies have different keywords, which are very easily actually listed. You don't actually necessarily have to go to the reference, uh, at least in the first little bit. Uh, there's a nice little kind of, uh, in addition to the player, this kind of thing on the back of the Learn to Play Guide tells you about some of the more common uh, keywords and things that'll do. So some of these enemies will hunt you down, some of them will try to attack uh, or move to the one that has like the least health or the most health and stuff like that. So how do you actually go about evading and then fighting these enemies? Okay, there's a few things you need to know about these stats here at the top of the enemy uh, card. So on the left here, you can see the enemy's strength. You'll be considering that when you fight it. On the right here, 
you have kind of the enemy's agility. And if you're going to try to evade it, then you're going to be considering that number. And it's simply doing a test. Now the number here in the middle is, of course, its hit points. So if I want to try to fight it, then I'm going to compare here my strength to its strength. So I've got a strength of 4 versus 2. If I was trying to evade, I would have 2 versus 2 there. And again, you can add cards. Uh, you know, with the appropriate symbol. So I could add this to an evade and this one to a strength check. And then you're going to then again flip up uh, tokens from the bag there and then compare. So if you evade it, then again, you're just going to tap it. It's going to be kind of deactivated for the rest of the round. It's kind of befuddled and you can move around and do what you want. If you fight it, then you're going to possibly do damage to it. And so there'll be different effects. Sometimes you take damage back and so on uh, if it counterattacks you and so on like that. If you succeed in the test, most of the time you're just going to do one damage to it, but you might have other guns and abilities and things that will allow you to do multiple damage points uh, to the monster. Now, once all the players have done their three actions, then the enemies themselves are going to attack the players who are their engagers. And you can see this one will do one physical damage and one mental damage uh, to the player there. And then you're going to go into the upkeep phase after you've resolved all the enemies. Everybody's going to get one card off their deck. You're going to get one resource from the pool. You're going to un undeactivate your little character card there, flip it back to the color side. Any abilities that you have exhausted earlier, you can untap. And then you'll go to the next turn, you'll put a Doom on the track. Everybody's going to flip a new nasty card off the deck, so you might get a new enemy or a new treachery you have to deal with. And then you're going to kind of let the story uh, be driven by driving through these Act decks and the Agenda decks. And once you resolve the mission, then it's going to be very possible, I should say, to resolve these in different ways. I don't want to spoil here, but you can see here we've got resolution one, resolution two, resolution three, and there's other like a really bad resolution where everybody dies. Now one thing to note here, let me see if I can find some examples. I know this is here, let me find it. Like this location here has a victory one. So if you discover that, you'll be getting a victory point that everybody will be able to apply as sort of an experience point. And you can see this flesh eater here, he's got a victory one. So anything that you kind of go through and deal with in the game is going to add experience points that you can then spend to sort of beef up your deck uh, for the following scenarios in the campaign. And there's rules for that uh, in the campaign book and how you can kind of do that and what some of the cards mean here. So for example, this card is a, is a very high level card. You see it's got four little pips there, so it costs you four points. However, when you play it, you get 10 resources, so it could be a very handy card to add. Now the other type of card here that you will go into your deck is you will have these weaknesses and then you will also always have a basic weakness, which is randomly given to you. And so when you draw this card, it's going to come up and it could be a variety of things. Like this one, you draw it, you discard all of your resources because you're paranoid. Now there are other ones that you will maybe have to deal with and so they act as sort of like a little side quest for your character in some ways. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Then those will always be in your deck and those don't count towards your 30 card limit. So you might have some specific cards for you know Roland or Wendy that is their personal thing. You'll add that plus a basic uh, weakness and then you have 30 cards left to go ahead and build your deck and so there are like I said there are five characters they do give you starting uh, builds uh, for all five characters but then you can go ahead and kind of customize it after you get used to the game 
So that is the basics of how to play Arkham Horror the card game. Okay, so that is Arkham Horror the card game, and you can definitely see a lot of the lineage with Lord of the Rings, LCG, uh, the Warhammer Quest adventure card game, and also a small splash of Pathfinder adventure card game. Uh, there's a little bit of, you know, the kind of the location moving around and staying next to each other and helping each other out with card play. That really kind of reminds me of the Pathfinder game. Now, where this one is, I think is going to excel above all of those all three of those other ones uh, and probably compete most directly i think with pathfinder the adventure card game is the long arc of the narrative so you know within the base game you get the three scenarios and the different choices that you have can have a real effect um, you know they has those little kind of paragraphs that you read at the end depending on the resolution and then you you know you move forward to the next Scenario and without really spoiling it, I'm going to spoil something, but you learn this just by reading the, the rules of it basically. Uh, at least in the campaign guide, is, is a character can die and then they're gone. <laughs> so, depending on the resolution and kind of the what happened, you know, during the course of the game, it's like, okay, well, that character is actually dead now, <laughs> so you can't use Roland anymore. You've got to go spin up, you know, another character, and you know, they will join kind of the progress of the campaign. Uh, and so that's very interesting. And there'll be like different character cards that you can acquire and like, okay, now you've unlocked this and you can add it to your deck. So not so much in terms of like expending experience and getting better cards, but you'll run into different characters and then they'll be like, okay, well now they can join you and they're going to help you fight and stuff like that. Uh, so that's very, very cool. And I think that's where this one, you know, seems to really, you know, kind of throw its weight in that direction. Uh, now the gameplay, as you can probably see if you watched all of the rules overview, is very reminiscent, especially of Lord of the Rings and the Warhammer Quest game, where you've got kind of the the, the card play that you're trying to do, you're trying to build your deck to tweak it for the different scenarios. And, you know, there's a little bit of luck involved in the order that the cards come up, you know, based on how they come up in your deck versus how they come up out of the encounter deck and so on. I do like how they have the chip pull from the back. That's very, very cool because a, it gives you the ability to tweak difficulty level. So if you got this, you just have the three scenarios to play. You could play all through all of those in an evening, really, uh, a long evening. But you could get through all three of them. And but then you can go back, and then you can play it at a harder difficulty level, or you can tweak it for you know an easier difficulty level if you're playing with you know maybe kids or something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Theme's kind of dark, but anyway. But being able to tweak that difficulty level in four different difficulty levels is really, really cool. So you can also use it, I think, for the folks that want to get into the deck building side of it. You can really kind of tune your deck, I think, after a while and say like, okay, well, I, my deck's really good. You know, we beat it on medium all the time. Now let's crank it up to hard and get the deck really fine-tuned. And you could spend a lot of time doing that, you know, before the first expansion comes out and be ready for it and your deck will be, um, you know, pretty, pretty awesome for it. So it's a very interesting way to keep the you know randomization versus rolling the dice uh, but it still very much feels like the dice because you're always kind of just redrawing those uh those tokens i do like i mean this is this is like the hallmark of fantasy flight games but all of the cards the character abilities location and the acts and the agendas and all that kind of stuff all of that makes thematic sense and make the way they work mechanically that's really you know they're just really good at that <laughs> so 
everything feels sort of realistic in, in the context of this world, and that's really where the game also excels. And I like the whole dual purpose card thing, where you're like, okay, I've got this cool ability. I can, you know, I can keep this knife and I can use it for a fight, but mm, gosh, I, I'm gonna give it to you so you can beat this, because we really need you to beat this, so I'm gonna discard it for the special icon. And so you have those decisions in terms of the cards that you have, you know, that whole multi-purpose thing is really neat. And you don't really see that in, in any of these other games where it's like, okay, well, I use it, either use it now or later. It's not like I use it for this or use it for that. You don't usually see that. Um, so I definitely recommend this game. Uh, you know, I think the nice thing about this, I'm a big fan of the Warhammer Quest card game. I'm a really big fan of that one. Uh, the Lord of the Rings game, that one was like a little bit dry to me. It was fun, but I kind of felt like I was sort of I could just like seed my deck in the right way and then I would win. So I know that would be cheating obviously, but it just kind of felt like that after a while. Um, now this one, you know, you still kind of have that because of the customization possibly in the deck, but you have the randomization of the tokens. So you've got to, you know, just as just that small thing kind of adds that little bit of extra flavor to it. Uh, so I think it's going to be very interesting, like I said, though, to play it through the campaign. I think that's what this is going to, you know, really hit the the mark on. Uh, so I highly recommend it. And I think what I would say is I think you, you might get this, you might be like, okay, well, we're done. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a reasonable price point, obviously, for this. I think it retails for 30 or 35 or I don't remember, maybe 40. But so you got that and it's kind of a, it's kind of a small package game, but you know what you're expecting the additions to come. And I think it makes sense because there's enough here to play with it, get to know the different characters, get to know the deck makeup, you know, play it, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Uh, and then when the expansions come, you'll be ready for it. And I think that's really going to enhance and drive that story along. And I think, uh, you know, that's going to be, I think that's really where the game is going to sink or swim is kind of based on the strength of those expansions. Okay, definitely take a look into it. Thanks.